All right, great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Lots going on, lots to get to. We'll have uh, Brendan Carr, who is an FCC commissioner on the program. We're going to talk about the correspondence between the White House, Corinne Jean-Pierre, and, of course, um, Fauci and Big Tech. And I think that it's completely inappropriate. I think that it actually shows that Big Tech is, um, is serving as an arm of the government. And if you serve as an arm of the government, then you can't restrict our, our First Amendment right. So ghost banning me like they do, shadow banning me like they do, uh, taking Trump off the platform like they did, I don't think is okay. I don't think that's appropriate at all. And I think that, that it, it's proven out by the fact that they are colluding with big tech is the government and basically making them their online police. And that's not okay. When Mark Zuckerberg goes on with Rogan, and says, yeah, I was contacted by the FBI. The FBI told me there's going to be a Russian disinformation dump very soon. You're darn right. We, we decided to not spread that around in the news feeds. We certainly censored and squelched the reach of that Hunter Biden laptop story. I mean, hell, Twitter didn't let you send it in a DM, took down the New York Post's Twitter page, and disallowed us from sharing it on the news feeds. That's not okay. That's you serving as a government entity. And if you're going to be a government entity, you cannot restrict my free speech. There's a big difference there uh, from being a private platform and a government entity. Now, if you're just joining us now, first of all, the show started half an hour ago. What's your problem? Secondly, what I said about hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, which are both FDA-approved drugs, medicines for people, if they're being prescribed by doctors, I think that pharmacists have to fill the prescriptions. Immediately, pharmacists started calling in. I'm going to take them because um, I want to know why you would argue at this point. Uh, it's not your job to prescribe it. It's not your job to approve it in the FDA. It's your job, I believe, to fill the prescription. Stephanie, you say I'm all wet. Fill me in. Yeah, so um, I just want to preface it by saying that I am 100% in agreement with you that these treatments should have been available from the very beginning. Right. They're cheap, they're effective, and they're safe, as you said. Great. Um, however, from, I just want to let you know what's been happening on the pharmacy side. Um so, and as far as, um, you know, it's not our job to question doctors, that actually is 100% what I do all day long, is making sure that it is the right drug at the right dose for that patient for the right reason. Um, and I, don't, I can't tell you how many times I've had to call a doctor saying, hey, you know, this dose seems a little off, and they're very thankful that I put, cut, you know, a dosing error on, on their part. Right. Um, as far so, so yeah, so if we believe that something is going to cause patient harm, we hundred percent can deny to fill it. Well, I'm gonna, uh, I want to I want to interject this because I may not have communicated it the best way earlier. Let me say it again, but I'll say it in a better way. If a doctor prescribes a medication that's FDA approved for a patient, and the patient brings you the prescription, if you think the dosage is wrong, hell yeah, I want you to question it. If you think that it might harm the patient, yes, I want you to question it. But with ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, people are just denying the prescription which doesn't make any sense. If you want to question the dosage and you want to question the efficacy, I mean, sure, are you calling the doctor and having that relationship make sense? So maybe I worded it clumsily earlier, but I don't think you should have the right to say I'm 100% 100 not going to fill it because I ethically don't feel like I should have to. I I have a problem with that. So what's been happening with so what's been happening with ivermectin is that's FDA approved for a parasitic infection. Right. At doses um, three milligrams, six milligrams, nine milligrams, depending on the patient's weight. Right. The dose they've been using for COVID off label is ten times that. Right. So that's why some doctors get a little squeamish of like, oh, that's that's ten times the normal dose. 
So that's what's happening with that, with hydroxychloroquine. I mean, you got, you got me beat. I don't know why they're denying that. Um, also, I, I live in a blue state. I live in Massachusetts. Right. And, um, I'm actually a compounding pharmacist, so I don't work in a typical retail pharmacy. I work at a compounding pharmacy. Sure. We work from bulk powder, and we mix it with liquids and maintenance and whatever. So we make everything from scratch. And um, our board of pharmacy, our governing board, came into our pharmacy and said, do you have ivermectin in stock? And we we didn't have it. We don't have it. But yeah. they said they are forbidding all compounding with ivermectin in Massachusetts. So, so our, I, 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 I just don't, I just don't think... And I just want to stop you again. Stephanie, first of all, great information. I appreciate you calling in. I'm glad that we agree that these are proper therapeutics. Having said that, at the end of the day, why is there some board of dorks that has anything to say about what my doctor is prescribing me? We know that there are 77 studies available that my doctor uses to say that ivermectin works. Look at the results in India. We know that ivermectin works. Why is there a board in Massachusetts that has any right to tell my doctor who's done the work that, that that he can't pre- or she can't prescribe ivermectin and that you guys can't fill it at a pharmacy. That's the, that's dystopian. I agree. That makes no sense. Yep. I agree. Stephanie, uh, well, listen, awesome information. Thank you for calling in. Again, I, I admitted it earlier, and thanks for listening. I admitted it earlier. Um, I, I may have communicated it clumsily. I don't think that if, if some doctor is prescribing oxycodone for somebody who has, you know, a toenail, <laughs> a hanging toenail or something. I, 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 you certainly can call back and check, why is this prescription? Why is it in this amount? Are you sure you got this right? Because I'm going to let you know something. When I had ivermectin first um, prescribed to me when I had COVID, the doctor did have the dose wrong because I think he had my weight wrong. And when I, when I got back with him, he got the weight right and we got the proper dosage. So that's all good. So you checking and, and making sure that it's the right dose and that making sure that the doctor really did prescribe this, I have no problem with that relationship. I don't think you should have the right to flat out deny filling. That's where I am on that. I, Kim, I think you've got something on this. Talk to me. Hi, Joe. Um, Stephanie said it perfectly. Um, we, we don't just deny it because we want to. Oftentimes, like in her case, we're, we're mandated by the organizations for which we work that, you know, you can't do that. It goes against policy or what have you. But she absolutely stated that perfectly. Um, we are a, a level of safety, not pharmacists and nurses. I'm a nurse. Um, we are that level of safety to, to make sure error and harm doesn't come to the patient. So if something isn't uh, written appropriately in order for whatever, we, we don't just blindly do what the physician or the provider says. We have to use our judgment and make sure that it's safe for the patient. Um, and then the second thing I wanted to talk about was vaccines. I want to start off. I wanted to say, Carrie, I'm glad she's feeling better. Yeah. I kind of missed her when she was gone. <laughs> I, um, I missed her and too. And I, I advocate 100% for your right to choose what health care you want to have. And I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. Um, but vaccines, and, and I don't know how this got miscommunicated so horribly, vaccines don't always prevent you from getting the thing. But what it does is lessen the severity and the odds are you won't be hospitalized. And that's with any illness, the flu, you know. Well, well, the flu vaccine is not a perfect perfect vaccine. If you want to talk about vaccines, the the polio vaccine works. It does. You don't get polio. The the mumps and rubella ones, they're perfect as well. So, uh, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but this is not by definition even a vaccine because it's EUA. This is experimental. This is not FDA approved. They approved a couple of licensed names, but they haven't even made those uh, those licensed names shots. This is really uh, about about, uh, your own consent. And if you you are informed and you say, I do not consent, you should 
shouldn't have two and a half minutes of like governmental it. leaders telling us we have to take it. That's sick. That that's like something that they would do in Nazi Germany. And I know that that you are ethical. That's why you do the job that you do. And I'm I'm sure you probably agree. I understand there are some vaccines that aren't perfect that we know will help with the with the symptoms. But with this one, the information that we have out now, and now that we're actually finding out from the FDA and from Pfizer what the adverse effects are, this vaccine has without a doubt, and the Department of Defense admits this, killed tens of thousands of people. We know that. That that's the, that's why it's an experimental shot, and everybody should have had the right to say no. But instead, on every commercial break, even on my show, you're hearing people pushing this for five year old kids, which which isn't necessary. So I, I get what you're saying. A perfect vaccine, I think we can agree, does stop you from getting it. Period. One one that is a helpful well, vaccine, like the the yearly flu vaccine, doesn't stop you from getting it. They're literally injecting you with some flu so that you can fill up. You can you can build up immunity, right? It's a dead virus that but it's based on last year's formula. So this is very similar. It's akin to that. And we say, you know, when it goes from pandemic to endemic, we will most likely have by that time a combination COVID flu vaccine. I agree with everything you just said. Um, Do I think that there have been people who've had really bad adverse effects? Yes, I think the literature shows that. Have there been very many lives that have been saved from the vaccine? Yes, I believe that. But at the end of the day, it is the patient's ultimate choice yeah. to, to choose yes. what they want to put in their body. I, I want to say this before I let you go, because I have a great conversation. I love talking to you about this. Obviously, I'm not a doctor. I'm some dork on the radio. Having said that, um, <laughs> I've had Malone on who invented the vaccine. I've had McCullough on who's talked about the adverse effects. I've had Tom Renz on, the lawyer who's suing because of the adverse effects. I've had Dr. Jesse Lopez on many times who reads all of these studies. This is an mRNA vaccine that puts a co- it puts the protein, the spike protein in your body, and it never leaves. That's the problem. The body keeps on fighting it even if you don't have COVID. So the one thing that we can agree on is that people who haven't gotten vaccinated have gotten better without it. The one thing that I don't think that we can agree on, because it's, it's not knowable, is if people who got vaccinated were saved from severe symptoms because of it. We don't know that. I didn't have severe symptoms. I was out of work one day. So we don't know that the vaccine is the reason why their symptoms weren't as severe because they had the vaccine. We don't have really have a study with them without the vaccine having COVID. You know what I mean? And also, we, we know that 20 months is how long my immunity lasted or is going to last because I've actually had COVID, which is head and shoulders above any vaccine that we have four boosters for now. So my problem is that they didn't tell us the truth up front. Informed consent means that you as a medical professional, Kim, I should be able to call you and say, hey, talk to me about this shot. And you can say, here are the good things, here are the bad things, here's why you might want to think about it, here's why you might not want to get it. You weren't even allowed to tell me that because then you were called you know, the bad guy. And that's what bothers me in this whole thing. Well, that's the way I practice, and I have. I can tell you do. I mean, you sound you sound like you would give me the right advice, and thank God for you. But there are other people that wouldn't. There are other people that didn't. There are other people that took the thirteen thousand dollars per patient to put you on a ventilator, and that blows my mind. You know. Well, that's a conversation maybe for next week. Okay. Well, then you'll have to call back because this is (laughs) a great conversation. (laughs) Kim, I appreciate you. Thank you. Open line now. Eight 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 nine four one Pags. Eight 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 nine four one seven two four seven joepags.com. A couple more calls on this when we come back. I definitely want you to stop by the website. What I've been doing is I've been changing how I'm doing these uh, Instagram reels. I know a lot of you loved my TikTok stuff. I had 130,000 followers in four months. It grew very, very fast. A lot of these TikToks saw uh, a million and a half views. 
I closed down that account completely. I deleted it. It's gone. It doesn't exist anymore. But I'm doing these videos now, and I'm learning how to do them better over on Instagram. If you like the come on videos, if you like the videos where I highlight a topic and talk about something or maybe even show you a great tweet, go to Instagram right now. Follow me at Joe Talk Show, J-O-E-T-A-L-K-S-H-O-W. Organically, Instagram is owned by Facebook, and they squelch me. It's not going to grow organically. It's going to grow, though, if you guys go there and go follow it, at Joe Talk Show. And we're coming back right after this. Stay here. Joe Pags. Motown Monday, the Joe Pag Show. Glad to have you here. Great radio stations everywhere. Also live streaming on Twitter, on Getter, and on Twitch. Twitch is where the normal live stream is. Go to JoePags.com and click on Watch Now, and you'll be able to do that. By the way, if you don't remember any of the names that I have on social media, it's either Joe Talk Show or it's Joe Pags. Um, not a problem. Just go to the website, JoePags.com. Click on your favorite social media. You'll be able to follow me there. Uh, a lot more people are joining on Truth. Very interesting. A lot of people joining on Truth. Uh, Carrie, can you do me a favor after the top of the hour? I want to mm-hmm. update um, on, on President Trump if we know anything. I don't know if you saw this yesterday, but people were freaking out because he, he flew into Washington, D.C. Okay, and a big yeah. trend on Twitter was Trump in Washington, D.C. And, of course, the left on Twitter, oh, he's, got, he's got a medical problem, he's got to go to Walter Reed. Um, the left, oh, he's, he's turning himself in. <laughs> what? what are mm. you talking about? So, so if you can, after the top, if you don't mind, just see if anybody's talking about it okay. um, with an actual news source, and, and we'll go from there if you don't mind. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247. Go to JoePags.com. Got to remind you that Congress can play games with the money. They can raise the debt ceiling, tax us more. They have no problem with their checkbook. We can't do that, though. We can't go into the red. We'll be in big trouble. If you've reached your debt ceiling, your personal debt ceiling, if you're buried in bills and trying to keep up with all the credit cards, the signature loans, internet loans, the timeshares, get off the treadmill. Get some total financial freedom. If you owe more than $10,000, the team at Total Financial Freedom has been doing a great job for more than 15 years now, helping people like you resolve their debts and cut their payments, a lot of them, in half. Give them a call right now. Tell them your, your personal situation. See how they can help you. 800-833-9444. When you call, you got to mention my name, Joe Pags, and get the free book called The Debt Dietitian. 800-833-9444. 9444. Again, you've got to mention my name. You're going to appreciate their team. They're like minded people. A plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Zero complaints. Call Total Financial right now. 800 833 9444. That's 1 800 833 9444. Make that happen right now. Let me go to the phone lines. I appreciate you uh, you taking the time. You see here, it's going to be Ed San Antonio. Hi, Ed. Well, hello, Pegs. A great show Thank again. You. And, uh, Welcome back, Carrie. It's nice to have you and Polo and Carrie front and center, and it Thank sounds you. like you have a great organization behind you. We're trying our best, my friend. Thank you. Across the country. Thank you. Hey, I did want to mention those, your previous two callers, too, the uh, pharmacist and the, the nurse. They both, um, especially the nurse, uh, but the pharmacist, too, said that, uh, you know, they don't want to give anything <clears throat> that could hurt somebody, and it's not proven and may not be safe, and so they can stand in the way. And it is interesting uh, you know, too, as the nurse chose about everybody should have a choice, yet the, this vaccine was forced. The federal government took many groups to the uh, Supreme Court to force the shot, 
And um, and the pharmacies like Walgreens and CVS had no problems giving an experimental vaccine that we call vaccine, which really not a vaccine, but that they had no problems giving experiment to people, even when people were being forced to take it. They still, you know, people came in, rolled their sleeves up to keep their jobs and everything else. The question I have for you, though, is, uh, today is if the if the federal government has our best interest in mind. Um, why don't they ever run a public safety ad or a public ad telling the public that this was an experimental uh, shot and uh, tell us where we can call in with our bars, our vaccine event uh, reports, uh, you know, so we can call those in so they can see how we're all doing out here and help to track the data. Because, the government, hear that. because the government isn't, can. yeah, because they're not looking out for our best interest. You, you know that. It's a rhetorical question. You know that. Yes, and instead they're running ads for the pharmaceutical companies, and they're trying to push this thing still all the way down into the children. And you're right, there is there is the information that's leaking out, and uh, the the adverse events have been questionably if they've been covering them up and they have been. trying to askew the data. And I think that um, when you <clears throat> well, like the pharmacist said, uh, they came in up. I think she, she said Massachusetts or something. Yes. But this federal government has reached into the private sector and has put pressure on, as you know, you know this, and like you said, I know this too. They, they put pressure to push their agenda and, to, and scare these pharmacists and, and threaten. They're not only threatening pharmacist licenses. They're also threatening physicians who dare write for ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine right out of the box. They buried this. And um, they're being forced a little bit to let this out since other countries have had a lot of success and, and we're starting to see the studies as social media, even, you know, people like Google burying the data. And I, I got I got to run to a break here, my brother. I, I'm with you on everything you said. Uh, it's not trickling out, though. It's starting to flood out. And it's starting to become very, very evident what was hidden from us. There were results of studies that the pharmaceutical companies did that they did not want to tell us about. Then they wanted 55 or 75 years to release the data. We're getting some of that data now, and we are educating ourselves. Keep it here. Coming back. Joe Pags.